0: So how about doing something today that actually matters while you still can? Hey everybody, welcome to the Quick Talk Podcast. Josh here, hope you're doing well. It's Wednesday, and man, I'll tell you, I'm excited for today's podcast because I'm in Florida. It was 81 degrees yesterday. Uh, I think in Michigan it's like 32 and windy, so that's a nice break. And I also get to connect with a lot of my good friends. We're down here at Funnel Hacking Live, which is an event put on by Russell Brunson, if you haven't heard of him, you must not log on to the internet because he's kind of everywhere right now. He's the founder of ClickFunnels. I'm in his private mastermind thing called The Inner Circle, which is so fancy and special. And I'm getting to connect and network with all these really cool, interesting people. And last night was a lot of fun, but I have a special treat for you. Uh, one of the other uh, people that's here, my good buddy Brandon Vaughn. What's up, Brandon? What's up, Josh? And my right hand man, Derek Smallwood. Derek, what's up? what's up guys what's up Derek so we have a lot of cool smart people here there's three thousand people at this event it's all about marketing uh, specifically online marketing and anything remotely related to that so there's a a wide array of people and we're just ready to learn and last night we got to go to this private dinner and there's like all these performers and it was amazing we're on the set of the Indiana Jones set thing at wherever part of Disney that's in I don't even know Uh, but I wanted to talk to Brandon um, Cause I was talking to him last night and I'm like so how's the spring going you're getting prepped for the spring gonna clean some stuff that's cool 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 <laughs> and uh, and I was like what's your guys' revenue goal uh next month he's like oh it's four, you know four hundred thousand right right about 400 and I, and I just tried to play it cool I'm like that's not normal, Brandon, <laughs> you know, because he's only been doing this for like five and a half seasons or something. I don't even know, but not a lot of time he took over. You guys know his story. If you've listened to previous episodes, he, he had took over a business from his dad that was doing a hundred thousand in annual revenue and grew it into multi-million. So I guess what I wanted to ask you guys about is what is the difference? Uh, I'll just throw it out there. We'll have a, a round table conversation. What's the difference between... Yeah. Brandon Vaughn that has a $400,000 a month goal and the Brandon Vaughn that took over the business several years ago. What's changed?
1: Oh, man, that's a great question. Um, honestly, when I first got started, I really had no idea what I was doing. Um, I cleaned windows, so I knew how to clean windows. I knew how to clean windows really well. I started working with my dad full-time at age 14. So, you know, I was a master of the squeegee. I was a master of the technique.
0: Squeegee ninja master.
1: Squeegee ninja master, yeah. And so um, I knew how to wash windows really, really well. But three years before I bought my dad's business, I was fresh off the heels of completely and utterly failing my first business.
0: Wait, you can succeed if you failed in the past? <laughs> what? <laughs> it's a real that's why I don't try that hard, because I'm scared if I fail, then it's over.
1: Yeah. No, so that's, we, that's awesome. So I had, I had a construction company, and um, I tanked it hard. I mean, we, we went about $50,000 into debt after all was said and done. I uh, had to per- put the birth of my daughter on a credit card because we didn't have any insurance. Uh, I thought I you were like, going to say you had to put the birth of your daughter on hold. <laughs> yeah. You're staying there for 18 months. No, no, no. Keep baking, I girl. need a little more runway <laughs> here. can <laughs> Right. She it. was born at two years old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, we were on food stamps. We lost our house. Um, so that was that was like my first experience as a business owner. And the amazing thing was, was that I ran it exactly the way that my dad had ran it which was owner operator model you know basically feast or famine mode i'd go out and i'd sell jobs i'd sell jobs and then i'd go out and i'd do the jobs and then i'd run out of work and then i'd go out and sell jobs and sell jobs mm-hmm. and then i'd do the and it was just this cycle that was so tough and it was so hard so, I did have that experience going into it. I knew that I, I knew what not to do. I knew that things had to change, especially if I was going I to I want to you to keep telling your story, but the really
0: sad part is because I know who you are as a person and we're friends, you probably did a great job for people. I mean, oh, yeah. you you were detail oriented and you were honest and you did the right thing. And then, what did the universe do? <laughs> or at least you could perceive it that way, but it, it beat you down and cr- pummeled you into the dirt, right? Um, so, like, point being, Having a successful business doesn't—that's not what makes it successful, is it?
1: No, not at all. And and you know, I think the amazing thing was is that um, I I I don't look I I only look back to those memories of our hardships with fondness because it it really shaped me as a business owner. It shaped me as uh, you know a mental attitude. Um, It forced me to be a budgeter, be a planner, um, look ahead. So what I actually did is when I bought my dad's business, I put together a five-year business plan. And I said, okay, this is exactly how I'm going to grow over the next five years. And I think like year five, you know, because I I bought the business from my dad. So I actually Mm -hmm. paid $3,000 a month to him to buy this business right out of the gate, which was more than all the profit that the business had at that Mm -hmm. point in time, just $100,000. So I... (laughs) I was kind of but that's how i was going to take care of my mom and dad Mm -hmm. so it kind of forced me to have to grow the business in order to be able to be profitable because it couldn't be profitable that yeah so the (laughs) revenue is a hundred i mean after
0: you know you you doing some stuff yourself and paying a team at net margins going to be not a ton and you were paying him three thousand a month not because it was an amazing business deal for you but you just to love on your parents and to take care of them right so that puts you in a a really hard position right out of the gate. You didn't have any free cash flow at all, really, right?
1: No, no huh? No, we didn't have. We, so what'd we just, you
0: do? Just Craigslist? Is that how this <laughs> <works>? <laughs> Yeah.
1: We, um, you know, hustled. It was. Uh, it was one of those situations where sometimes if you put yourself in and you commit yourself to this really, really difficult thing, your mind figures out a way how to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of. Mm-hmm. It puts you into panic mode, and it puts you into that place where you just have to go out and you have to figure it out. So uh, because I had no clue what I was doing at that point in time, I, I went out and I got business mentors. Um, I got two business mentors that I worked with I met uh, once a month mm. um, and, and showed them what my plan was and adjusted it and just basically checked in with them once a month uh, to let them know how things were going. And that was a, a massive turning point for me.
0: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if you're the smartest person in the room, get in a new room, right? That's what I was saying yesterday. It's one of the funnel hacking people <laughs> because like I was like, this is the room, get in the room. But um, that's as simple as meeting one person that's where you want to be or one person who's achieved a lot more than you and is willing to share with you. I encourage people on the show all the time to form a mastermind group. And if they can't join one, then they need to start one. You just need to be around like-minded people to hold yourself accountable. That's the big one is to hold your own self accountable. It's not that the mentor is necessarily going to give you a magic unicorn fairy dust piece of information, although that's part of it. Um, it's just the constant progression towards your goals and your planning. I'm, I'm curious about your five-year plan. Uh, did it turn out like you thought? I mean, what, what does it look like? The business is huge now. Yeah. So, I mean, what was
1: your original <laughs> I, I, goal? Actually, actually I, have it, I have it on my computer. I just do you up really? It. Yeah, I do. Um, the, the cool pull, thing, pull that up. <clears throat> the cool thing about it was... Um, when, when I put together what my actual plan was, I sat down with my dad and I showed him what it was. And I was like, okay, here's, here's how this is going to work out, dad. Here's how I'm going to get, you know, the business growing to this. And I show my dad this, this sheet and the first words out of his mouth is, how are you going to grow it that big? You know, that was like, that's so what he said. He, it was total, complete and utter and total. here. I know. No, I no got belief. No, no belief whatsoever. So this, this is, this <laughs> is my, my five year plan. So this is 2012. Oh best my gosh,
0: 2016. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's gross. so okay, right. okay. Let me break this down for people. So this is a 20-year-old business. Your dad is the ultimate artisan, and you love your parents and all that. But he's artisan. He doesn't want no one to touch a squeegee by him. He's right. he has to be the guy delivering the thing. Perfectionism. <coughs> And and then your goal was to take it over and go all the way to 150,000 the first year. Yeah. Then bump it to 180, you maniac. Then go to 206 in revenue, <laughs> all the way up to year 5, 274,319.42 cents with two employees. With two employees. So you wanted to get to 275,000 over 5 years cuz you didn't know the business, you were coming in blind, and your dad looked at this and said, "How in the heck yeah. are we going to do that?" But now, keep in mind, your goal now for next month, for the next month, it's four hundred thousand. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and this month was a slower month for you, and you already are way past two hundred fifty thousand. What? Ha- when did you? I don't even know what to ask. I well, mean, to get
1: rid it, of the self-limiting beliefs. Yeah, you know, like,
0: that's a great question.
1: I, I think um, <clears throat> I, I had my first aha moment uh, two years ago when we um, we hit a million. We broke a million dollars about two two and a half years ago. And I had that first moment to where I realized that I could print money, and I had that moment to where I was like, okay, it doesn't—I I could grow this into literally whatever size I wanted this to be. I could make a ten million, a fifty million, a hundred million dollar company. I mean, th- this cleaning stuff, like it's possible.
0: There's a lot of dirty stuff out there, and I
1: could see there's tons of dirty stuff <laughs> right. out there. And then you realize how tiny your market share is in your area, mm. and then how tiny your market share is in the United States, mm. and then it's like. Oh, man, you right. know really, where you know you don't you don't have to stop, Don't do it. Now I didn't want I didn't want it, I wanted someone else to be able to take it to the finish line. I knew that my my plan was always to exit my business. Mm-hmm. It was to grow it and then to sell it. Mm-hmm. So even if it wasn't me taking it to the finish line and growing it to that national company, I knew that somebody was going to be doing that. And so that was the vision that I always cast to all of my employees, even when there's only two or three of us. I kept talking about how, hey, we're going to be a national company someday, and we're going to do this. And I didn't believe it, honestly, until probably the first two or three years as I was growing this thing. But then something kind of clicked for me when we, when we started really you know, taking scale to where I realized, wow, yeah, this this absolutely. I think I convinced myself eventually. Yeah.
0: And then it probably grew even more astronomically, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. We don't even realize how much we hold ourselves back. Derek, I, I want you to chime yeah. in here. Derek's with us. Uh, Derek, before he worked with me at Send Gym and helped build Automate Grosselle, uh had a cleaning business too.
2: Yeah. Home yeah. service business. Yeah, and, you know, like, I had... We were talking about panic attacks <clears throat> and the craziness. Am I a little far, far away? Yeah, we were talking about panic attacks, and, and actually, the reason I got into my cleaning company... Was in itself just this crazy moment because I had like nothing. I had just lost a pretty good job and had done businesses before. And I Is that the job where you're making like a hundred grand a year flying around checking cell phone signals like yeah. the guy on TV? I was like, Can you hear me now, guy? You're that <laughs>
0: guy. That was a real guy.
2: That's yeah, t- testing 911. So um, I. Got fired from that job because I created my own car rental business and was renting my own cars to my team and everything. They didn't like that too much. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Always has an angle, man, Derek. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I have nothing, but I had a friend that had a cleaning company, and I would just hang out with him. And so I bought, like, a squeegee and stuff, so I had something to do while we chit-chatted. No interest in the actual, like, business or anything. But when you have nothing and you're at the bottom and you're moved back to hometown, Mena, Arkansas, where there isn't much going on. Mena
1: um, is the real name of the city.
2: That's the name. Mena.
0: Mena is famous. Cause yeah. That's where the Clintons do all their criminal activities yeah. and stuff. That's how they got <laughs> yeah. their start. So Don't I have do. nothing. Yeah. They move the dead bodies. In yeah. And my out. cousin
2: traveled a lot, and um, I have this. I remember just being like, "What am I gonna do?" So I grab the squeegee and everything, and I throw it in the in a backpack. And I just traveled with my cousin. He worked at car dealerships all over the state. And so I would just walk and go door to door trying to get some, some business. And so um, that was kind of the first experience of like it, the, the, the willpower from within, you know, is, is got to be there. You can do this, Derek. And the results are based on the work that you put into this. And you got to touch more ears rather than going door to door. That takes too long. You know, the thing
0: that days. I'm noticing as a thread, and this ties back into Russell Brunson, is this idea of what he calls cycling. And as I'm listening to your stories, um, Brandon had tried to venture out and become an entrepreneur and failed at it. And so going into the next venture, he had a different level of uh in i don't know um intensity maybe or there's something that happens in your brain that's called a cycle right and then uh, derek had had this hot shot job and thought he's really cool and then got humbled by the universe like boom you're nothing <laughs> <laughs> and then is one to start a business and so in the same thing for me my story i don't clarify because it's confusing but i actually went into the cleaning business for a couple of years then left it and went into jp morgan chase and and mortgages and stuff and then restarted it when my wife got pregnant because I didn't really take it serious right and when I restarted it I had had like 215 customers or something and when I restarted the business and was serious I only got six of them back and uh, it was really hard but this idea of like failure or struggle first and then it works um, because I think some people that are brand new go into it naive or they're not hungry enough or they don't push hard enough do you see that Brandon you work with people you do a little bit of coaching when you have time Mm -hmm. with people um, what have you noticed out there?
1: Yeah, I think, I think it's exactly right. I, I, I believe that every single time you fail in something or you succeed in something, it just adds to your experience level. Uh, I know that when I, I quit working for my dad, so I, I started working with him full-time at age 14 cleaning windows. And I quit, and then I became a knife salesman. And did like, you know, door to door knife sales. And knife? Knife. Yeah, knife. Knife. Sales. Mm-hmm. With the silent K. Cocoa knives. With the Here. silent K. Good oh, yeah. Cocoa Cocoa knives. knives. Yeah, yeah. So I was a door to door knife salesman mm-hmm. that went and, like, you know, went into old ladies' homes and sold like, them $2,000 okay. worth of knives. <laughs> yeah. To, <laughs> which, by the way, best knives. They are nice. Made.
0: Nice. They're very nice. Um, John Ruin's been on this podcast. He's amazing. He has a book called Giftology. He's hmm. networked to, he knows everybody. But his whole core of his foundation and business is cutco. He's the number one cutco salesman in all the history of the company. Is did that you know right?
1: that? No. Yeah. I did not know that. He
0: just he sold so many knives. I don't know how he sold so many
1: knives. <laughs> but he sold lots of knives. It's an amazing company, but the cool thing was is just just going and doing that it all of a sudden opened up my eyes and my life experience to realize that there was something other than just washing windows with your dad. I mean, that was like my first moment, you know, right. 17, 17 years old, first job outside of washing we're windows for my dad. I was aware. like, there's other things I could do, <laughs> you know? Right. And then, and then I got a corporate job. Well, then I, I construction company failed mm-hmm. and then went out and got a corporate job afterwards. Super humbled. And learned a ton of stuff in the corporate world that helped me understand how businesses are. I, I like saw a budget sheet for the first time in my life, and I'm like, whoa! You know, I saw mm-hmm. all these things that I never looked at before as a business owner. And and then I uh, went out and started a you know graphic design business, and um, you know, and then that was right at the moment when that was starting to kind of take off is when my dad had his uh, you know heart disease and couldn't work physically, and then um, I bought the business from him. Mm-hmm. But all those little small things. Uh, And honestly, when I sell All Clean, when the time comes and I exit out of All Clean, uh, I'm excited to see what the next cycle is going to bring because I think that all of this experience has been so much momentum, just
0: knowledge, momentum, confidence, momentum, experience, momentum. Like it takes time; it takes a minute to do really big things, doesn't it?
1: (laughs) I have a question for I have a question for you. Uh Oh, tables are turned. How many? When? When was? When was the first moment, and it may be hard to to pinpoint it, but rather, how often do you want to just completely give up and just say, I'm I'm done, forget this? Hmm.
0: That's a hard one because with my current business, this this is going to make me sound like such a jerk, but... I don't want to give up. I never feel like I want to give up because I can't. Because my current why, actually, you probably didn't hear this, but on am podcast a few episodes ago, I explained kind of why I'm doing all this stuff, right? And you know.
1: Yeah, I know.
0: So uh, I can't. That's not an option. Now, what I do want to do is run and hide. I'll go hide. But I know that I'm coming back, you know? So I'll check out. I'll have very low productivity. I'll totally freak out and get stressed or whatever. I just need quiet space sometimes when I feel that overwhelm. Um, That's how I deal with it. But... So there's times when I want to hide. There's times when I get really angry or I'll get mad at someone for doing something on my team or something breaks, you know. I'll internalize it and kind of wait till I calm down. So there's, there's real stress behind the scenes for sure. Um, but quitting isn't, it's not on my radar right now. Well, so, but it didn't used to be that way. No, no. It, it, I wanted to quit every Monday morning when I had my <laughs> cleaning company. So yeah, just to give context. Uh, I wanted to quit a lot of times, and I almost did several times, mm-hmm. um, but it's because I didn't understand what the real opportunity was. And I also didn't understand what my purpose was, what I was capable of, what I could do with my life, what a legacy could potentially be. I didn't know. When you're in survival mode, it's easy to, to look at the, another opportunity as, oh, I could survive doing that instead. Oh, I could I could get by doing this also. And so you're kind of wandering from opportunity to opportunity. When in reality, you could have if you would have focused on cut code knives like you did at all clean, if you would have right? Yeah. Any opportunity can be wildly successful if you're if willing to go that deep with it. Uh, that was a big realization for me. And a lot of the people that are in the boot camper that listen to the show, they they get confused and they think they have to add more services to make more money, or they have to have a side hustle and they have to become a funnel hacker and have you know sixteen businesses to make money, and that in fact kills your opportunity. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really hard to focus on one thing because it does get boring sometimes.
1: You know, I came to that same realization actually, um, actually like uh, four years ago <clears throat> when I was doing All Clean. We were trying, you know, I was trying to scale it, but. I have entrepreneurial ADD. Like the first, the next shiny thing Derek that comes doesn't along. Right. No. <laughs> I, I you know, I wanna I wanna go after that, I wanna chase that. And often would. I'd chase anything and everything that I would. I had a little side gig that I did that was uh, for an eyewear design company and like totally started diving, you know delving deep into that and, and then had this other little side, you know, business over mm-hmm, here. Mm-hmm. Started a company called Tool Freaks, started the company, you know, called um, you know, Vaughn Creative Works and just mm-hmm. like kind of expanded out into all these little things. Yeah, like
2: but like 20, then- twenty-five
1: domains in your go to, go to account. <laughs> yeah. Last time counted. Yeah, I've won that now. Yeah. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> I, all clean suffered like that was when i started doing those things all clean started suffering with regards to that and i kind of had that same moment you know that you had where
0: it's kind of a depressing really moment deep.
1: because it's really fun
0: to get excited about a new idea
1: it is it's yeah.
0: really fun it does something in your brain i think there's dopamine something's getting fired there's some neurons doing something <laughs> yeah when you fantasize about the outcome of some new idea the problem is is you have to walk through the actual work of creating that idea and that, that's hard, and it's not sexy anymore, and you're like, eh, never mind, and it's always ten times harder than you thought. Derek, how, how easy has it been to get send Jim to where we're doing, you know, over a million, we're growing, the software's stable. It's been super easy, right?
2: It's been extremely, extremely difficult. Because, Wait, what? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> extremely <laughs> <Go ahead. laughs> difficult, because it seems like it's an easy answer. Like, oh, if we just do this, then our problems will be solved, but in fact, it's... Finding this perfect market to message message to market fit, you know, and and put until that point until we figure out what it is that um, that's going to make it easier for us to sell the product, then we haven't been able to scale it as fast as we needed to do. So it's been awfully frustrating at times, challenging, but um, you know. We don't give up. We continue to be strong and... and
0: you just keep pivoting, iterating. keep
2: pivoting and doing something yep. different and, and tweaking a headline here or there or doing something else.
0: Yeah. Well, let's wrap it up, guys, with this. And I'm sure we'll talk more this week while I'm down here in Orlando because uh, we're all together hanging out. Um, but let me ask you this, all right? Um, customer avatar. This is a total deviation from what we're talking about. But one of the problems with Jim that you reminded me of is our product is is used by a whole bunch of weird industries like lots of people like it. we have dentists that use it we've had pet groomers use it i had an oil change place use it because you can take a picture of someone's car and push a button on our app and it will send them a postcard three months later saying bring your f-150 back in oh, to get genius. an oil change right Love and it and it's useful and it, like that's awesome we've had like internet marketers use it to send brownies to people that buy their digital course we have And so it's been hard for us to figure out who are we selling this to? Like, how do we write the copy? So the idea of customer avatar. And with a cleaning company or service company, long company, whatever, home service company, uh, people struggle with this too. Brandon, I wanted to specifically ask you this. You told me last night you just sold another $5,800 house wash. And just for people that don't know, most people sell house washes for like $600 or $300 or $800. Um, you have defined your customer avatar. I take it,
1: right? Yeah, well, yeah, very much so.
0: How are you doing that? Um, and
1: how important is it? So I actually we we had a we had a customer that was eleven thousand dollar house wash package, and she's way up in the West Hills, you know. And she, we literally dubbed her neighborhood Castle Country because every single home is like this. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just like you know, ten to fifteen thousand square foot home. Boom, 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 boom. So I interviewed her. I said, hey, can, can I actually interview you and just and just come up and <clears throat> And she goes, uh, sure, yeah, that's fine. And I said, I was really upfront with her with regards to what I was doing. I just said, um, I said, really, you're, you're, my, you're my dream client. You know, our, our, our entire business model is based to, to serve um, customers that are exactly like you. And she actually was really appreciative of it because she was a businesswoman. I didn't know any of this. This is awesome. Yeah, she was, she was a businesswoman. She's she was totally savvy with it. And she was like, "Yeah, actually, yeah, come on up. And so I actually went up to her house when we were done, and um, uh, I actually sent them send Jim brownies oh, and a thank you card cool. afterwards. And uh, thanks she, for the plug. Checks in the mail. She called me. She called me when she got that. Yeah, and she thanked me. Wow. Yeah, she called me, and and, mm-hmm. and so like every customer that we do that's over a thousand dollars. Yeah Brownies mm-hmm. That's what they get Bam So uh, So anyway So I, I went up to her house I sat down with her And I started asking her questions You know Just like What are your hobbies You know What are some things you love to do And she's really into the tennis club Um, She's Actually owns a tennis club And all of her friends <laughs> Of course she does Have tennis club You know They, they have this tennis club membership And so um, she, Does she, she laugh like this <laughs> No She's no? not oh, okay. She's She is the sweetest <laughs> She's the sweetest, most humble woman. Um, they're, they're I thought all like rich people and successful people were uh, jerks and evil. <laughs> not, not That's my what experience. I read on the forums. <laughs> <laughs> she, was, uh, she was really good. So I, I got to find out exactly what magazine she reads. And they were all magazines I had never heard of. Go figure. Really? Yeah, never heard of. So we actually advertise in one of the magazines. Uh, it's this home magazines. It's like super exclusive. Wow. And the advertising costs $1,500 a month to have a full page ad in this magazine wow and um it's just like totally epic and it it totally converts for us it's how we get these big old huge monster monster castle homes yeah so um so we so we went through and we went ahead and um you know asked her you know specifically with regards to you know what other interests she had and we compiled that together in our little customer avatar and so then Mm -hmm. i don't do my own facebook ads we have it you know, mm-hmm. I, I work with someone that's yep. better than that. Mm-hmm. And so I just gave them, okay, here's our customer avatar. Yep. Here's all their interests. And then they just go ahead and it's take awesome. care of the ad side of things. I love it. I think it's
0: amazing. And, uh, you know, me and Derek are still figuring that out for us. And uh, we we got some tricks up our sleeve. And we are growing. And uh, But we're going to learn a lot this week. I'm glad you guys are with me. It's been awesome. Thank you for taking time. I know we're going to go have some fun. we got to get out of here. But, hey, everybody, I appreciate you. <clears throat> and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Take care. God bless.